Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. Luke chapter 4, verse number 16, reads like this. When he, he being Jesus, came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Now, have you ever noticed that, that phrase there in the middle of that sentence? He went as usual. One translation, I think it's the King James says, he went as his custom was. The New Living Translation said he went as usual. In other words, it was a weekly habit for him. Jesus had a weekly habit. He had a weekly discipline in his life of church attendance. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it, which was written, The Spirit, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. How many of you know we're living in the time of the Lord's favor? People say all the time, well, God's going to judge America. God's going to judge America. God's going to judge America. I tell you, I'm enjoying living in the time of God's favor. I'm not looking forward to any judgment. You might want it, but not me. I want the favor of God upon my life. Verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. Quote, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. End quote. Verse 22, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they ask? Isn't this Joseph's son? Recently, I was in a training class with several pastors discussing church trends and the ways to minister more effectively in this present culture. How many of you are 40 years of age and older? Raise your hand. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You know this already, but let me just reaffirm it to you. The the culture nowadays is different than the culture that we were raised in. How many of you know that to be true? And it's a little more, it's more challenging today to do church, to present the gospel, because people, uh, it's totally different. And we were in this class, this training class for pastors on how to discuss, and, and we were discussing church trends and ways to minister more effectively in this present culture. Finally, one minister, I think he became courageous enough to voice something that nobody else wanted to talk about. And he said this, and I'm going to quote it the best way I can. Quote, I don't know about the rest of your churches, he said, and maybe it's just my church and my lack of being a good presenter of the gospel. But it seems that Christians, (coughs) excuse me, it seems that Christians, he said, are not as committed to church attendance 
as they were years ago. End quote. Boy, when he said that, silence filled the room. And one by one, after a few seconds, pastors began echoing the same sentiment. It was like the cat was out of the bag. The big elephant in the room had been revealed. And now all of those pastors felt the liberty to start sharing stories about good Christian people who have lost their desire to attend church. And you know the statistics and the studies are revealing that this is true across America. We've discovered, and according to Tom Rainier of Lifeway Publishers, the number one researcher of church today, commitment to faithful church attendance among Christians is at an all-time low. Commitment to faithful church attendance among Christians is at an all-time low. As long as I can remember, there has been Christians who were on the fringe. I grew up in a little church, small church, and my granddad was the pastor. My grandmother was the prayer coordinator and the women's ministry leader. My dad was a deacon. My mama was the organist. My uncle was the song leader. And my family was involved. We only had about 60 on Easter. That was a good Sunday. And I grew up, and I remember even in that small church, we always had people on the fringe, family members on the fringe, friends on the fringe. They'd come at Easter and they'd come at Christmas, and they'd come when they had crises in their life. That's when they come. There was always people on the fringe. But the church continued to do well, and it continued to grow, and it, 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 it continued to be stable because the core... There was a core group of people who were committed to their church. They, and even though my, my granddad was the pastor, he would preach to them on the importance of church attendance and sometimes condemn them for not being at church. And to some of the family members, he even threatened to kick them out of the wheel if they didn't come to church. It didn't really have a long-term effect on them. They continued in their behavior. But the church continued. And the reason the church continued is because the core even though the fringe people would miss and hit and maybe come, maybe not come, the church continued on because there was a core group of people who were consistent and they were faithful. Yet studies are proving that over the past 20 years, over the past two decades, studies are revealing that those Christians who are, who were, are considered core members... Those believers who understand the value and need for a vibrant and healthy local church are becoming increasingly less committed to church attendance. Now don't everybody shout me down because I'm preaching real good here this morning. Today, we are being told that the average church is finding their core membership who used to attend four out of five Sundays are now attending two out of five Sundays and others are attending even less. This is a tragic shift. And unfortunately, people in America, much like other parts of the world, are just not into church anymore. 
But here's one thing we need to understand as Christians. Because I hear a lot of Christians, I see them on Facebook, I see them on social media, in talking to them, we all talk about how bad our country is given, how bad culture has become, how immoral people have become. Did you know that the, the strength of the church and the immorality of a nation run parallel? That the less strong the church is, the less moral the the country becomes. The prophet said it this way, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. God the Father Himself said, the reason nations turn aside is because the church stops being the church. And it's very interesting today that we're doing a lot of complaining as Christians about the culture, about the morality, about the way our government's going, but you can directly tie it to people's commitment to their local church. The statistics and studies reveal this. As long as I remember... As long as I remember. There's always been people hit and miss. As long as I remember. But only in the last two decades has the studies revealed that the core membership are starting to not value church attendance like they once did. What has caused the shift in church attendance? Why is that? Why do do people not feel a need to come to church anymore? Christian people. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christian people. Why do people feel a need Well, people are clearly busier now than ever. It's a fact we live in a supersonic world. The average school-aged child is involved in at least two extra activities a week after school. In other words, they go to school all day and they have their school assignments, but then the average child is involved in two other things that takes time at night or time on weekends, and and they're so busy. How many of you ever recognize we get caught up in a a fast-paced world and if we have to spend two nights at home doing nothing, we get bored. Man, we got to find something to do. This is boring. Because we're living in a fast-paced world. Also, families under financial stress are working six and seven days a week. Others having to work night shifts will say Sunday is their only day to catch up on their rest. And then some do not attend church regularly because they've been hurt or disillusioned by churches or religious people. So they use that as a reason for their inconsistent church attendance. I understand that. I've been hurt by Christian people. There have been times I didn't want to show up. I didn't want to go see them rascals. You know, Christians can be mean. They can be mean just like ungodly people can be mean. Christians can be mean. And sometimes... We use that as an excuse. However, today, we are discovering that most people just seem to be looking for something better to do on Sunday mornings than to go to church, to worship, and learn about God and His ways. We've discovered that golfing, sleeping, sports, the lake family getaways, a rest day, and many things, other things, turn out to be that better option than attending church on Sunday morning. 
Now, it may be that you grew up in a church environment that taught you that missing church was equivalent to missing heaven. Did anybody grow up in that type of environment? If you miss church, you're going to split hell wide open. That's what Granny used to say to me. How many have ever heard splitting hell wide open? Man, I didn't, I, I didn't even want to put a foot in, much less split hell wide open. That if you miss church, you're probably going to hell. That's what I was taught. I never remember specifically hearing my granddad say that, but that was the impression that I was given. That if I didn't, wasn't in church, every time the doors was open, it was the first step toward hell. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, two-week revival services every spring and fall were mandatory. Anybody ever go to a church like that? And remember back then, if a service, in a Pentecostal service, <laughs> now Mike and Doris Courtney, who were Nazarenes, I said, that didn't affect y'all. Y'all been carnal all your life. But in a Pentecostal service, in a Pentecostal service, if a church service lasted under two hours, then the Holy Ghost had not moved. In fact, we were going to have the Holy Ghost move. He was either going to move or we was going to move him. We stayed two hours. And the older the congregation got, after two hours, they got tired of trying to get him off the bench. So they just would quit after two hours. But a church service would have to last two hours. And that was Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Every week. Well, times have changed. And Christians' priorities have changed as well. So this morning, for the next 15 minutes, I want to talk to you about what's the big deal Why is church attendance such a big deal and why it should be a big deal in our life? But first, let me lay the groundwork. First of all, let me tell you this. If you miss church, you are not going to hell. So I want to set everybody at ease. If you miss church, you're not going to hell. Honestly, you won't get closer to heaven, but I promise you, you're not going to hell. All right. Number two, if you miss church, I'm not mad at you. People come up to me all the time. It happens just about every week. I'll see the pastor, I'm sorry. I mean, they come up apologizing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you'd be surprised that with crowds like we've been having, uh, I, I don't know who's here and who's not here. And people will come up, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't there Sunday. And I'll say to them, well, I didn't know that. And then they go, hmm. <laughs> they tell on themselves. If you're not here, the truth is we can't love on you. But we don't, we're not mad at you. Number three, and understand this one. I have no particular person in mind this morning because of what I'm getting ready to say. In other words, I'm not preaching at you. Don't sit out there and think, well, I haven't been here in three weeks. So I guess the pastor is just wearing me out this morning. I promise you I'm not preaching at you. I simply want to encourage you and make you aware of the trends that is happening in America today and the ramifications. So this morning, I want to suggest to you four reasons why church should be a big deal in your life. A really big deal. Four reasons why it needs to become a part of your weekly routine. Four reasons why... You should desire to be here on a weekly basis. Number one, 
Do you realize, do I realize, the local church is a central part of God's strategic plan for your spiritual growth? The local church, it's God's plan. I often hear people say things like this, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. How many have ever heard that? I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Technically, that's true. But it is far removed from God's true plan for your life. It's true. You don't have to go to church one more time to be a, Christ, to, to be a Christian. You don't have to. That is so true. But that's not God's plan for your life. Look with me at Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Notice what it says. Jesus is talking here. You've heard this verse before. But notice what he says. I want to to point out just a couple of things he says. Look at Matthew 16, verse 15. Jesus says this, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus says to his disciples, who do you think I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Verse 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build... What's the next two words? My church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now listen, the church is God's idea, it's not man's idea. Notice what he says, upon this rock I will build my church. The church is God's idea, not man's idea. Notice Jesus said it was his church. It's his church. So when we forsake attending his church, we forsake his plan, we forsake his idea. And if you want to enjoy God's blessings in your life, I suggest following His plan. It's His plan. It's His idea. It's His church. All right? Over the years, I've studied the New Testament, and I've become increasingly aware that the New Testament was written to people in local churches. It's written written to people in the church that have a local church. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? For example, Corinthians. In fact, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, and the book of Revelation were specifically written to people gathered in local churches. It wasn't written to people who wasn't in a part outside of a local church. It was written to people in local churches. Now listen to this. Hear this. To take take a verse out of one of those books and make it apply to your life and you're not living within the context of a local church is a violation of the true meaning of those scriptures. Do you hear me? To take one of those verses and say, well, I'm going to claim this verse for my life out of Colossians. I'm going to claim this verse for my life or out out of Corinthians. I'm going to claim this... Remember, that was written to people who were involved in a local church. And to take one of those verses to people written in, that were written to people who were involved in a local church, if you're not in a local church, that verse does not apply to you. It doesn't apply to you. That's like, um, that's like people from New Jersey, the highest tax state in the union. 
People from New Jersey saying, we're not going to pay a state income tax because Tennesseans don't pay a state income tax. Think about that. People in New Jersey say, we're not going to pay a state income tax because Tennesseans don't pay a state income tax. You know why Tennesseans don't pay a state income tax? Because we're smarter than people in New Jersey. See? There, Amanda and I were with, uh, I think, four couples this weekend from Chicago. And they were asking us, hey, we hear it's, it's cheaper to retire in Tennessee than it is to live retired in Illinois. I said, well, why do you hear that? They said, well, tell us, what's y'all sales tax? I said, well, it's high, nine and three quarters. They said, on some of our stuff, it's 11%. I said, oh, you're kidding me. I thought we had the highest. He said, no. He said, but I hear y'all, don't, y'all have low property taxes. I told them what our property taxes when we... They said, you're kidding. Is that all you pay? That's a month's payment for us. I said, no, that's all we pay. He said, now, y'all don't have state income tax? I said, no, we don't. They don't charge you 3% on your income? I said, no, no, Lord. He said, how'd you get away with that? I said, well, we had about... They tried to bring that up several years ago and about 2,000 rednecks in their pickup trucks and their rifles surrounded the state capitol... <laughs> And old boys behind big marble walls, they got scared and backed off on that. And one of them said, can you send that group up here to our capital? See, it's ludicrous to think that people in Chicago can abide by Tennessee laws. You know why they can't abide by Tennessee laws or get the benefits of Tennessee laws? Because they don't qualify. Why? Because they don't live in Tennessee. That's simple. We all understand that. Yet people who are Christians want all the blessings of the Bible and the promises of the Bible, but they forget that those promises were written to people who were committed to a faith community. They were written to people who were committed to a faith community. So to be able to get the benefits of the promises, you've got to qualify for the promises. So understand, let's understand that, that it's important, that it's God's idea. And when we forsake the assembling of ourselves together on a consistent basis, we are forsaking God's idea. The books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Peter, the epistles of Peter, were written by men who were leaders in the local church. Jesus was a faithful church attender. People say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, if we're followers of Jesus, then we need to do what Jesus did. Look back what it says in Luke 4, 16. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. All through the earthly life of Jesus, he made a practice of weekly, consistent attending church. He did it. Now, here's what you and I must realize. He was the Son of God. He was the Word of God. And if the Son of God, the Word of God, understood that church attendance was necessary for Him to grow spiritually, how much more do we not need church, that we need church attendance in our life? Why should we make a huge commitment to being in church on a weekly basis? The local church is a central part of God's strategic plan for your and my spiritual growth. Number two, we are basically the composite of the five people we spend the most time with. 
We are basically the composite of the five people we spend the most time with. We are quick to tell our teenagers you'll become who you hang out with. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Well, you, you become who you hang out with, but the same is true regardless of anyone of age. Even we are in, adults are influenced by our friends and people with whom we spend time. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Look over at Hebrews chapter 3. I want to show you a verse, neat verse. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, out of the New Living Translation. The writer of Hebrews says this, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. Verse 13, You must warn each other every day while it's still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. The writer of Hebrews says that we need the fellowship of other believers and other Christians who are walking in faith. Why? That none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. You know, the truth is, I'm fortunate enough, I work in an environment here at the church, I work in an environment that almost everybody's a Christian. (laughs) We're still wondering about a couple of them. But almost, almost every one of them that I work with are Christians. All of them are Christians, of course. I live in a home where all of my family are Christians. But some of you can't say that. Some of you don't work in an environment where your peer beside you is a Christian. Some of you don't work on jobs where people are singing songs of Carrie Job and Mercy Me and the uh, the Florida Boys. I don't know anybody singing Florida Boys songs anymore. But some of you are not working in are influenced by those kind of people. Every day, people's poor attitudes, their ungodly words, their lifestyles, which are not according to the Bible, they have a a tendency to contaminate us, to rub off on us. Do we understand? Have you ever noticed that the... Turn with me. Here's another scripture. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse number 7. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 7. You were running the race so well. Paul's talking to Christians here. He says, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. Have you ever noticed what? Notice what he says. You were running so well. You were following Christ wholeheartedly. You were faithful. You were committed. You were loyal. You were a believer. He said, who has held you back? Have you ever noticed he didn't say, what has held you back? He said, Who has held you back? Listen to me. Things will not hinder your spiritual growth, but ungodly people will. And some of us, because of our jobs, because of our assignments, because of our gifts, because of our career choices, because of our calling, some of us have to be around people who are ungodly every single day. We're the salt and we're the light. 
to them. We're the witness of Christ. But if we're not careful, if we don't intentionally at special times during the week come back around our own believers, our own faith-filled people to get our batteries recharged, before long, evil communications can corrupt good manners. Well, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I need to be in church consistently to be around people who believe like I believe, who have the same spirit I have and live their life with the same values I embrace. I need those people in my life. Why should we make a huge commitment to being in church on a weekly basis? Number one, the local church is a central part of God's strategic plan for your spiritual growth. Number two, we are basically the composite of the five people we spend the most time with. Number three, so important, I need the voice of truth to counteract all the deception that is crammed into my mind all week long. All week long. All week long, stuff is coming into us from an ungodly world all week long. You can't help it. It's coming. The word, turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse number 8. I love this verse. Look what it says, Colossians 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. That word capture is very unique there. In the original language, the Greek, it literally means kidnap. Don't let anyone kidnap you. Between services, I had a father come up to me and he said, Pastor, I'm struggling. I said, what's the problem? He says, my, my young adult son, it's like you said in the first service, he's been kidnapped. His thinking has been kidnapped. He was raised in church. He was raised to believe biblical values. He was raised to believe right and wrong. But he's got around people who's got him so messed up in his mind. It's like, that's not even our son anymore. Well, that's what the scripture says. He's been kidnapped. Every day, your children are being taught the humanism of this world. Every day, whether it be in our music, whether it be in our television programs we watch, whether it be in our movies we watch, whether it be in our friends, whether it be in our acquaintances, we're being inundated with the humanistic thinking of this world. And you and I need some ammunition to counteract that. And that's what the church, the local church does, is it brings the truth of God's Word. Every time you and I come to church, we should be able to hear the Word of God, whether it be our children, whether it be in our music, we sing the Word of God, and it gives us ammunition to counteract all the humanism in this world. Who would have ever thought, who would have ever thought that the culture in the America would be accepting some things today that we're accepting. Who would have ever thought 20 years ago some of the things that we're allowing, and not only allowing, but if you don't embrace them as right, you are wrong. Who would have ever thought that would happen? It's like the world has, their minds have been kidnapped from holiness and biblical values, and wholesomeness, and family. 
And if you study it in the statistics and the studies reveal, it runs parallel with the lack of church commitment that Christians have. That's the way the, 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 our nation will go only as strong as our churches will grow has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats. It has to do with the welfare of the church. Whether we realize it or not, live streaming is being poured in us every day. Music, media, co-workers, friends, family members, information we read, information we hear is streaming into our minds. By faithfully attending church, you intentionally are deciding to live stream eternal, godly information into your life and your children's life. Oh, I wished I had it to do over again. I wished I had it to do over again raising my children. I wished I had it to do over again. And we had our children in church all the time. Can I tell you something? I'm a pastor. Our our kids were raised in church. I mean, the church was their playground. But did you know I allowed the church services to be the substitute for daily devotions at home with my children? Well, they go to church. Let the church teach them. You know, they're in Sunday school. They're in there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Let the church teach them. And I didn't do daily devotions with my children at home. Oh, if I could do it over again. I would take 5 or 10 minutes or 15 minutes out of a 24-hour day and say, let's read this scripture together and let's pray every single day. Oh, I wish I could do it over again. Just a little more put into them would help them counteract all the stuff that they hear 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Why do I need to be faithful to church? Why is church... Should I make a huge commitment to being in church on a weekly basis? The local church is a central part of God's strategic plan for your spiritual growth. Number two, we are basically the composite of the five people we spend the most time with. Number three, I need the voice of truth to counteract all the deception that is crammed into my mind all week. And finally, number four, weekly ministry in the local church helps you build your spiritual muscles. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. Notice what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And then look at verse 18. He says this, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. Remember, it's his church. He puts you where he wants you. And then look at Ephesians chapter 4. This is one of my favorite verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Ephesians 4, 16. He makes, He, God, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. As each part does its own special what? Everybody say work. Notice He didn't say, as each part comes and sits. He says, as each part does its own special work. Notice what happens. It helps the other parts do what? Grow. Do you know what? Do you know why I need to make weekly attendance at church a big deal in my life? It's because God needs me. 
He needs me. He needs me. I didn't understand that for years. God needs me. God needs me. God needs you. The Bible says there, it's as you do your part, it makes the other parts grow. This was made real to me back many years ago. We were pastoring the little church in Allgood. And uh, that church, we took it, had 30. And uh, it really started taking off after about three or four years. And that thing had gotten up to about 1,200. And uh, a minister, a very respected minister, came to meet with me one day. And he had TV programs, things of that nature. He said, Eddie, you've really done a, a great job here. And I'm young, and I understand, and I, and I want to be humble. You know, it's always good to be humble. Whether you're humble or not, act humble. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. And uh, I said, well, you know, it's not me, it's all God. That's what I said, well, it's not me, it's all God. Inside I was thinking, you know, I have done pretty good, but I ain't going to say that. <laughs> it's not me, it's all God. I never will forget what he said. He said... Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's what you're supposed to say, but I saw it when God had it by himself. And it was pretty bad. You know, the truth of the matter is, God needs you. He needs you. God needs me. God needs you. He needs you. He needs you. Have you ever thought about the reason I need to be faithful? service is because God needs me there. He needs me there for His body to grow. Go back to Ephesians 4, 16. Notice what He says. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and doing what? Growing. It's healthy and growing. Healthy and growing. Little Brittany here. I, I, of course, Amanda and I are partial to Brittany for some reason. I don't know why. She's she's the best of the three kids of Wayne and Lana. Isn't that true? You're the best of the three. And every Sunday I look for. In the last two or three Sundays, you hadn't been up there. And I look for her every Sunday. You know why I look for her? Because they're just seeing her up there worship, it encourages me to worship. Just seeing her up there, we never talk. I've never told her that before. But just seeing her up there worship encourages me to worship. She would never know that her being up there, just worshiping the Lord, was having an effect upon my spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. But when I come out here and I look for Brittany... And when she's up there worshiping the Lord, it encourages me. And when she's not up there, there's just a part of my spiritual growth that day that doesn't get the charge it normally does. I need her. There's some of you, now listen to me, there's some of you, you sit at the same place every week. And guess what? I look for you. I look for you. And when I see you, it encourages me. 
and other people look for you. I can't tell you the number of people that call me and say, Pastor, I normally sit by so-and-so. I hadn't seen them. Have you heard anything from them? See, your presence encourages people. They probably won't say that to you, but they look for you. See, you being what God wants you to be helps the church to grow and become healthy. Well, I just don't feel like going today. I'm just tired. I don't feel like going today. Hey, have you ever thought I need to go for them and not for me? I know that's not the American way because in America today, it's all about me. But the kingdom doesn't operate according to American principles. In the kingdom of God, it's not about me. It's about others. Stand with me, would you? Four reasons why we should make church attendance a big deal in our life. The local church is a central part of God's strategic plan for your spiritual growth. We are basically the composite of five people we spend the most time with. And I need people around me who are full of faith and embrace the values I embrace. I need the voice of truth to counteract all the deception that is crammed into my mind all week long. And a weekly ministry in the local church helps build my spiritual muscles. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.